0: I think that every semifinalist is sitting on an idea that will be very impactful. To a degree they're all they're all winners already, of course. They are all uh, on the verge of doing great things and that's what will make the challenge uh, really difficult for the jurists in the next round is deciding who gets to go forward and who doesn't. But the good thing is that the way this the challenge has been designed is that those 24 Semi-finalists have all been granted $100,000 for their businesses. And whether they move forward or not, their business is still moving forward.
1: That was Bob Bloomer, self-described gastronaut, award-winning TV series creator, cookbook author, Guinness record holder, ambassador for Second Harvest, as well as for the national Love Food Hate Waste campaign and for our purposes, one of the jury members for the Food Waste Reduction Challenge. Welcome to The First 16. I'm your host, Sarah Boivin-Chabotte. We will hear more from Bob a little later. My co-host Kirk is off this week, but I am joined by Mohamed Yassin from Impact Canada to help with this story. Hi, Mohamed.
2: Hi, thank you for having me
1: again. It really is a pleasure to have you back on the show. We previously talked to Mohammed and to Denise Philip from the National Zero Waste Council just as the challenge launched. It's a great interview, take a listen, but it's not required for today's story. Mohammed, you're a fellow from Impact Canada. Impact Canada helps departments accelerate the adoption of innovative funding approaches to deliver meaningful results to Canadians. In Canada, over half of the food supply goes to waste each year and almost $50 billion of that wasted food is avoidable. To help inspire new ideas and engage diverse perspectives, we launched the Food Waste Reduction Challenge in November 2020. The challenge, a first for AFC, is looking for high-impact solutions in four distinct categories, or streams. And the first two, Business Models That Prevent Food Waste and Business Models That Divert Food Waste, just announced 24 semifinalists. So, how did the first round go?
2: The first two streams were really well. Uh, We got a large and positive response from the innovator community. We got a total of 343 applications. And there were many creative solutions across the different segments of the food supply chain, from the farm to the consumer at
1: home. Is that a lot of applications?
2: It is considered a very large number for these sort of challenges. Uh, Actually, the Food Waste Reduction Challenge broke the record in terms of number of applications.
1: Great. And who applied?
2: So what was really interesting was the diversity in applicants. Solutions came from very different places, including from young students who learned about the problem and they decided to do something about it. Actually, around one fourth of applicants were youth under 30. There were also many startups that had a solution and they were looking for a boost to go to market and deploy their solutions. There were also researchers in academic settings, larger enterprises, not-for-profits, etc. Around like 60 percent of applicants had never applied to a government funding program before.
1: Can you tell us a little about the jury process for the challenge? So All Impact
2: Canada challenges have an external jury that assesses applications based on the assessment criteria, and they recommend winners at each stage of the challenge. Uh, the jury for the first two streams of the food waste. Reduction Challenge was composed of 13 very outstanding professionals. They were ha- very highly recognized in their fields. Uh, they were passionate about innovation and really solving the problem of food waste. They also bring very diverse perspectives to the discussion. They cover like wide range of expertise like entrepreneurship, technology, social and environmental aspects, um, behavioral change, consumer behavior, etc. Uh, They were very motivated, really, to help innovators, and they had very difficult decisions to make. But um, we really think they made the best decisions within the parameters of their competition.
1: That's where Bob Bloomer, who we heard at the top of the show, comes in. We wanted to hear from one of the jurists. Bob, before we get into talking about the challenge and your involvement in food waste reduction advocacy, can we start with your passion for food? What drew you to a career centered around food?
0: I've always believed that food can elevate your quality of life. And uh, I always encourage young people to learn how to cook as I did when I was a punk. That's allowed me through many, many decades in my life where I, I didn't really have much disposable income to still live and eat very well. And so that was a revelation to
1: me at the time.
0: and. It's something that I like to share.
1: So from that revelation, what brought you into Food Waste Advocacy Road?
0: When I was shooting my very first TV series for the Food Network called Surreal Gourmet, I was uh, living in Toronto and I rented a loft in Parkdale on a small street. And right across the, the street, literally I could see from my window across the street to the Parkdale Community Center. And every day when I would pull my blinds up, I would see the uh, Second Harvest truck pull up and unload whatever ingredients they had that had been donated. And I would see the cooks come out from the community center and they were always so thrilled to be getting these food donations. And that was the first time I became aware of of a form of recycling where there are organizations who have excess food or production lines that have produced something with incorrect labeling or whatever. And Second Harvest... Takes all this food and within 48 hours, they turn it around and deliver it to organizations. So that was part of the equation. And uh, I went to business school in my past life. And so I think when I saw that happening, I realized what they were doing was taking food for free that they received for free. Um, They're basically a shipping and trucking and logistics organization, and they would turn it around very quickly and deliver it to people who needed it. And I realized that the cost of doing that was close to nothing, um, close to nothing relative to the cost of feeding someone a meal from scratch. Over time, I got involved with Second Harvest because I loved the business model. It just seemed so smart. They were basically, they were being like Robin Hood, rescuing food that was going to be, uh, could have been thrown out, but perfectly good food and delivering it to people who uh, needed it. If you look at the entire food pipeline, it's said that half of the food that's produced is never consumed. Some of that happens at the farm level. Some of it happens in the transportation level. Some of it happens in the retail level. And some of it happens at the home level. And one third of the groceries that people bring home are never are never consumed. And that seemed so crazy to me because I know that the difference between using everything that you buy and, and not using it is really about being a little bit frugal, being a little bit creative, and being... Uh, A little bit preemptive. In other words, realizing that you have to use something up before it's gone bad, as opposed to waiting till it goes bad, and then you have no options. And so it it dawned on me that Canadians are a little bit frugal by nature, and we're very creative. And so I took it upon myself to help inspire Canadians uh, to come up with different ways to use the ingredients that they have at home, use them all up, and really just recalibrate their relationship with the food they buy and understanding that they have a responsibility to consume it and not to just throw it out. Second Harvest was my uh, gateway to to food waste advocacy, uh, followed by um, my relationship and ambassadorship with Love Food Hate Waste. And and the the more uh, that has been asked of me, the more interested I've gotten in it and the more I've learned about it,
1: Speaking of being asked to do more things, you were asked to be on this jury. Had you done anything like this before?
0: Well, it's not very often that somebody asks you to be a jurist um, and help divvy up $20 million. So yes, this is the first time that I've been involved with anything at at this level, for sure.
1: (laughs) Can you describe your experience as a jury
0: member? Sure. Well, there were 13 jurists. Um, I knew, I think I knew two from the world of Second Harvest and Love, Food, Hate, Waste. What was so interesting to me is that we all came from very different walks of life. And so there were people who uh, were very familiar with production, others who were very familiar with technology. I come more from the consumer perspective. And that's what makes the jury so strong is that everybody sees the application through a different lens and then we end up you know when we were when we were making our decisions it was it was like a real jury in the sense that we had to convince each other that this was or was not a good idea or meritus of being one of the 24 finalists in each case there was usually one juror who had the most amount of experience in that particular walk of life and we would defer to them, but then we all had questions and there was often some tugs of war. And it was, it was a very interesting process. And I think that if I was an applicant, I would feel very good in knowing that due process was served and every application was studied and um, given f- full consideration. We all took this extremely seriously.
1: Did any of the applications surprise you?
0: Um, You know, there was a lot of innovation in areas that I hadn't contemplated. So when I think about rescuing food, especially because I do a lot of uh, consumer advocacy to rescue food at home, I don't think about the fact that there are giant grain silos in the prairies. And if there's some inefficiency in the way the silo works, you could lose tons and tons and hundreds of tons of grain. So that's just, my mind never went to problems like that. You know, I'll think about things being plowed under at a farm, or again, about people wasting food in their own kitchen, or um, something being transported for thousands of miles and going off in the transport truck. But I hadn't thought of some of these ginormous operations where even um, minimizing the spoilage by 1% can have a, you know, Have a huge impact and and mean an awful lot of grain. And so that was was really eye-opening for me. One thing I really took pleasure from as we were looking through these applications is that there there were several applications from very small companies, not necessarily the companies that could scale up in the biggest way, but local, regional, many from Northern Canada, And it just really made me appreciate the fact that even the smallest organizations uh, who are tackling food waste can be so inspirational to other organizations and to Canadians in general that I really personally felt, and I I fought for um, some of these smaller groups, I felt that, you know, it's how you do the little things is how you do the big things. And if we all um, approach the the challenge of minimizing food waste in that same way as the kind of little engine that could, we would get to a solution much faster.
1: Can you give us like a general idea of the types of applications you saw?
0: The applicants ran the gamut from non-profit organizations to giant industry. Then the projects themselves range from uh, a lot of artificial intelligence to uh, help restaurants and retailers minimize their food waste. Um, there was a lot of upcycling where people could take, say, byproducts of uh, manufacturing uh, soy milk and turn them into other products as opposed to just letting that go down the drain. Um, some vertical farming ideas so that uh, we could grow ingredients at, in warehouses down the road, as opposed to, say, importing the same thing from Holland. Lots of ideas for improved transportation that would minimize the the waste uh, throughout the transportation pipeline. And then finally, some major agricultural industry concepts for uh, more improved storage. So it really, the, the ideas ran the gamut.
1: This is the first time AFC has run a challenge price. What do you think of a challenge price as a way of encouraging innovation?
0: As a as a capitalist, I think that this just the whole notion of this challenge is, is really really smart because you know corporate Canada and even small business Canada responds to the op- opportunity to make money. This challenge has shown a spotlight on the opportunities for businesses to make money and also prevent food waste at at the same time. So it becomes a win-win and and I think sometimes the way you need to do that is to dangle some prize money in front of people.
1: So now, what challenges are the semi-finalists facing? first
0: round was really based on the applicants' hopes, dreams, and aspirations. It's what they hoped they could do, how the changes that they hoped they could make. And now there are an awful lot of eyes watching them, and as they move on to the second round, they have to start implementing their ideas. I think when anybody is awarded a prize, they feel like they have to rise to the occasion of it. Uh, not to mention the fact that their prize money is a series of uh, grants and if you win one then you're up for the next one so there's lots of motivation to make this work and then there's you know there's the bragging rights and there's there's the understanding that a lot of people are looking at you and watching you because they want to see you succeed and they want to make sure that you you live up to your proposal and so there's some pressure on the semi-finalists but at the same time um, there's now help that's available to them through the jurists, through um, the government, and so I, I'm really excited to see uh, where these 24 different projects go uh, in the upcoming months. And when they get down in serious, it's, it's going to be a whole new ballgame.
1: So, Mohammed, we just heard from Bob about the challenges the semifinalists will face. From our perspective, what is expected of them next?
2: What's next for semi-finalists is now they're working with implementation partners across Canada. They need to test their solutions in the market and demonstrate that their solutions are effective at reducing food waste. They will be judged on those results by the end of this year, which will be the end of stage two. The semi-finalists selected are really great innovators. They are eager to work to reduce food waste in Canada. They uh, And even though the challenge is a competition, they are actually working together, uh, collaborating, creating connections among each other. Um, we also know that the challenge helped them in creating partnerships with communities, businesses, for uh, not-for-profits. Uh, to advance their solution because there was such a big momentum that was created by the challenge. The challenge also provided for semi-finalists a grant of $100,000. Uh, this is a price uh, that will help them to grow their solutions in Canada and deliver better results. Uh, the grant is not linked to specific uh, expenditures, so it allows innovators to adapt and focus on outcomes only. And we know how much adaptability is necessary for true innovation. So we hope they will move forward and and grow their solution in Canada and deliver better results.
1: So beyond the money, is Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada doing anything else to help those semi-finalists?
2: For sure. So AFC is preparing also a series of non-financial support activities, for example, workshops. So one of the first workshops that will be uh, designed is about how better to measure volume of food waste reduction. This is an essential outcome for the challenge.
1: These were semi-finalists for the first two categories or stream. There are two more to go. Can you tell us about them?
2: Yes, we're very happy to be launching the last two streams of the challenge. Applications are due by end of August. Uh, These two streams, they target innovators that are working on advancing a new technology that is either in development or kind of the prototyping testing phase. We have two streams. Stream C is for solution that extends the life of food to make sure that it lasts longer. And Stream D is for technology that transforms food waste or food byproducts or food at risk of being wasted into either new food or value added uh, products.
1: Judging from the first round, I'm sure we'll see a lot of fresh ideas. We're looking forward to talking to the finalists at the end of the challenge. Preventing food waste is a complex issue and it will take action from everybody. We wanted to end today's episode with some advice from Bob for all of us at home. So Bob, us as consumers at home need to be part of the solution. What is our role?
0: The whole issue of food waste, especially Uh, more towards the consumer end is only something that we've become aware of in the last five years or so. You know, you think back to a decade or a decade and a half ago when we would walk out of a grocery store carrying a half dozen plastic bags, and sometimes even like a dozen if they were doubled up and we wouldn't stop to think that, you know, what's happening to these? Like how many billions of bags are we just throwing out every year? So after the consumers became aware of that problem, then they retrained themselves and got in the habit of bringing reusable bags to the grocery store. So the same thing is happening in the food waste side of things, which is it's only in the last few years that it's reached the public consciousness. And until we were aware of the fact that there was a problem, and when I say we, I mean both you know, corporate Canada and consumers... Um, Until we were aware that there was a problem, there was no way there was people were going to create solution. So now we are aware. And that's why, you know, these ideas are developing some inertia and consumers are more aware of their role in their own kitchens in minimizing food waste.
1: Any advice for us as we all go home, open our fridges or do the next grocery shop?
0: Here are, the, here are the two things that you can do at home that can have the greatest impact. One is be proactive. So plan ahead both with uh, you know, your shopping list and what you're going to buy and what you think you can use. Um, be prepared to pivot if you, you know, in other times, in, in more sort of quote normal times, if you might you know, have to work late or get invited out for dinner a couple nights in a row and you, then all of a sudden you have extra ingredients at home. Um, So always be proactive. Try Try and come up with a solution before your ingredients start to grow mold on them is probably the easiest way to put it. So being proactive, being creative. And here's my greatest solution for home food waste. And that is imagine that there's a surveillance camera in your kitchen and that every time you go to throw something in the garbage or even the green bin, because that's no longer a solution. Every time you go to throw something out, imagine that your friends, your family, and the rest of the world is watching you do that and judging you on whether or not you really could have rescued that item. And if we all felt that we had eyes watching us, we would just be a little bit more respectful of each ingredient that we are throwing out and we would find some solution for it, be it, again, put it in the freezer Um, turn it into a soup, turn it into a stock, turn it into a stir fry, turn it into a frittata. Um, But there's a solution for just about everything that you're going to throw out.
1: Thank you to Mohamed and Bob for joining me today. Does your company have an idea for a technology that extends the life of food or transforms food waste? Don't forget to apply on the Impact Canada website before August 31st. 2021. And as always, try something new, like a new recipe for soup, with old veggies.